0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, wherever you are watching or listening to this podcast, this video cast. This is England is burning for March the 15th, 2021, on a Monday. This is your Manchester City weekly feature episode today. The odds of March. Yes, it is March. It is March Madness, the odds of March, wherever. We're here to talk about Manchester City. We're here to talk about the week that was and also have a little bit of a special episode today. We're going to have your Ask Me Anything about Manchester City women's team today. Yes, we are. So we're going to be looking at the last week through the questions that you have sent me. I am by myself today. Uh, and I will try to make the best go of it as I can. But how do y'all feel, sit there fans? How do y'all feel? Your team, your team is on a massive run. You realize, I, I wonder, I'm sure you all realize, Manchester City fans out there, I'm sure you realize that your club has not lost a league game since October. Since October. You have not lost a league game. That is a long run in the Champions League, undefeated, undefeated. Let's go back to, let's go to the first question in the, uh, uh, to in the ask me anything special from Kaylee, who is coming at us from Rhode Island uh, with her question about how, how the, her question was, if I read this correctly here, if I read the question out here, what was City's performance like in the 40 second leg match last week? What did you think? Well, the thing of it is, is that when you have a situation where you are leading in a Champions League two-round, two-legged tie against anybody? Your goal in the first match, if you're playing at home is to, in my mind, is to keep your opponent from scoring an away goal because the away goals rule is in effect. So your goal is to try to limit the amount of scoring opportunities that your opponent has. So Manchester City went into it with two goals in mind. One was to keep a clean sheet. And the first is to score as many goals as possible to get as big a lead as possible. But I think the most important thing was to make sure they had got a clean sheet. So they did that. In the first match, uh, they completely bamboozled them. They ran them over, ran Frentino over pretty quickly in that first half. And they got ahead uh, pretty quickly, 2 to nothing. And they kind of went on cruise control, to be quite honest, for the remainder of the match, winning that match 3-0. Then the goal on the away leg is to essentially get at least to try to get a goal early, an away goal yourself. And then that puts the other team behind the proverbial eight ball to score like a whole bunch of goals. So City went into the second leg with a three nil advantage. And so the goal would be then, of course, I think in, uh, in this, in Vorentina is then to, or Florence, eh, eh, forgive me y'all, uh, is to score early and to put the game to bed. So Garrett Taylor did a, did a solid because he did some rotation. Uh, he put in a very different lineup. So let's look at that lineup real quick because I think that was important for, for, uh, for Garrett Taylor to, to put out a different squad than the squad before. So up front, he put in Janine Becky on the right wing, put in Ellen White, central forward, center forward position, and then Lauren Ham to the left wing. All right, pretty obviously a very strong lineup. Not their typical starting 11, but a strong lineup. Then you had Rose Lavelle. Now, Rose hadn't really started uh, many matches for City so far. So she got an opportunity to start in this match in the sort of midfield. And then in the center midfield, you had Kara Walsh, probably the best offensive player on the team, but we'll get to her later. And then on the left side, you had Caroline Weir, who, as you know, uh, can hitch worldies from everywhere on the pitch. So back line. You had Georgia Stanway on sort of the right right back position. Center back, Abby Kemper, and SMA Morgan. Now that's a strong lineup, but I got more about that later too. And then on the left, Alex Greenwood. Now on that's to be honest, no no disrespect to Forantina, but that's enough. That lineup was strong enough to to roll Florentina uh from the very start but it gave an opportunity for some players to start rest some other players you see lucy bronze was not involved in the match and many several and uh other people didn't have to start uh in this match uh, and the goal and the goaltender actually was caramia Benzemir, uh and uh instead of uh ellie roebuck so essentially you know a very rotated lineup and when you have a squad as deep as Manchester City, it's important to be able to rotate and have such depth and such strength in numbers and have available players, particularly with the possibility of injuries, to be able to rotate people out in a match that you're already essentially up three goals, right? And all you need to do really is to get one away goal. And that is what they did. Uh, The goal was just, you know, is to really... Uh, take them out early within eight minutes. The mat, this whole tie was com- completely over. Uh, unless, you know, I don't think you can come back from being four goals down on aggregate in a one way goal. And it, it's just, it's, it, it's virtually impossible. I don't think it's ever been done. Uh, Ellen White immediately gets on the board with an assist from Lauren hemp. Um, and, that was the goal. The goal was to get his, to, to play city's usual pass, pass, possession, strength-based possession, possession, create space. And then, and then once that space is created, get someone in to a, into a goal scoring opportunity. That's exactly what happened. Ellen White is lethal uh, when it comes to the, uh, to the penalty area. And she got that ball in there, and that was the end of it. Now, I will say, though, that 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 penalty, and I got to say this here, the officiating was terrible uh, in this match. To be honest with you, it was terrible. Uh, I know that has nothing to do with City's performance, but it kind of does because uh, a handball was called um, in the 15th minute. And, of course, there's no VAR. If there was VAR, that would not have been a handball. I don't think that ball, that was a handball at all. And that gave city the penalty, which was converted pretty, pretty well by Carolyn Weir, but that was not a handball in my opinion. But by that time, you know, she hits the penalty kick. It's now two nil, uh, you know five nil on aggregate it's it's done and dusted as they say is done and dusted overall it was a solid performance when you score five goals against another champions league squad you've done extremely well particularly on their home field you know and then you got ellen white later in the 32nd minute you know by halftime it's three nil uh then you start making changes And it's perfect. Garrett Taylor did a great job in in personnel management, took Chloe Kelly out at, you know, at the half. You know, well, actually, no, put Kelly, Chloe Kelly in uh, at half uh, for Lauren Hemp, put in Sam Uwis in for Caroline Weir. Uh, 15 minutes later, Sam Uwis gets a goal. But it was excellent team play with the passing and the movement and the creating a space and so forth. Um, later on though, uh, you put in Millie Davis uh, for, for Ellen White, put in Laura Coombs, Carol Walsh, then, um, and then at the end, put in Alfie Manon, uh, to, you know, and that's the, the magic of having five substitutions and, and he, he used the substitutions and that's what you need to do. I would have used – I mean, if I had eight substitutions, I would have used them in this match. And and Garrett Taylor has the bench to do it. Uh, But it gave some players opportunity to rest. All you needed really was a 1-0. But this is how City plays. City's relentless. Once the dominoes begin to fall, they're going to score goals. Uh, And it was a solid performance. Uh, Roosevelt. I know that the city um, city uh, app or website, you know, named her to be the the player of the match. Uh, she had that meme-worthy uh, dribble nutbag combo type of thing going on that was all over t- Twitter. That was beautiful, um, and she really was able for the first time to really demonstrate her uh, her her skill set, her pace, her uh, you know her technical abilities overall in a starting situation. And you saw, you know, this is why she's on a city uh, city squad, uh, why they wanted her in the first place uh, was to be able to to be stronger in that position and add some depth in that position uh, that she plays. Um, so overall it was a great match. The only thing is, so, and I understand, I know y'all, I know this was not the, the, the typical back five of manchester city the only thing that is that it seemed that at moments quarantina had more opportunities to score uh than they typically do uh or i mean not typically but would have typically gotten Uh, and i think that is where there's the the weakness of the offensive system that city plays comes in the comes in the uh comes into play part of the plan y'all And that is, because it's such a high press, such it it is so offensively possession-based, there is that tendency to be vulnerable to counters. And if a team is quick enough to get the ball past that first round of defenders in the high press and get it through the middle or over the middle before the defense has an opportunity to seal back from the 4-3-3 formation into more like a a, a 5-4-1 or 4-5-1 wall at the the halfway uh, point of the pitch. If you get it past them before they're able to set up their defense, then you have an opportunity for a counter. The problem is, is that Fortina didn't have enough offensive players that had the clinical tactical ability to be able to carry forth and create Actual goals from potential opportunities, like I, like we had said previously up in episodes, we only had one solid goal scorer who was pretty much wiped out, uh, you know, in in both over both legs. So with that being said, uh, the, the there there was opportunities on counters, there was space that was created naturally through that type of tactic system. And Chelsea, and and to speak of of looking ahead, you know, Chelsea has that ability to strike very fast and very quickly uh, against that type of high press. Um, They do a high press themselves and they like to go long. And that is that's a vulnerable situation for city overall. But The question was, how did they do? They did very well. They got the job done. It was clinical. It was tactical. It was surgical. It was relentless. It was brutal. And there was an opportunity to do rotation, rest players, use all five subs, easy, peasy, lemon squeezy, as they say, for Manchester City moving forward. Uh, So it was a very good match. Very good match. Uh, for them. And, they, and and really, it's job done. Job done. That's all that matters. Um, all of the check boxes, all the goals to this match, uh, pardon the pun, were checked off. Rotate players, get a strong win, clean sheet, be able to sub five people in to get more people rest because it's going to be a grind coming forward. There it is. It was all done. Great trip to Italy. And and, uh, Sam U.S. got to see Italy for the first time. So there you go, right? Um, Strong performance overall, um, you know, by Manchester City. Now, next question comes from Tyler. Uh, She's from the U.K. Her next question is, well, not her next question, but her question is, is, who are the best offensive players on City's squad? That is a very interesting question. Let me answer that question in a couple of ways. Now, you know from if you've listened to this podcast, if you listen or watch this video, and by the way, hit a like on this video. Hit a like on it. Share this video with your friends. Share this video on social media. Uh, if you like what you hear on a podcast, share it share it with your friends share with people who might be interested in this video podcast Uh, word of mouth is the best thing we got going okay so to answer the question in terms of who are city's best offensive players great question great question so the first we want to rule you know i favor players that are both able to score and able to create goal chances Those are the ones I favor. Now, of course, if you want to go with goal scorers, you got the obvious. You got Ellen White; she's got eight goals. You got Chloe Kelly; she got six goals. You got Caroline Weir; she got six goals. That leads the team. You know, those are your top three goal scorers uh, for Manchester City. If you want to look at assists, you got your best, your top assist people again: Chloe Kelly, Ellen White, Lauren Hemp, Lucy Bronze. All got four. Now, here's the thing. You got Chloe Kelly and Ellen White, in which if you add up the goals and assists they have together, it's in double digits. So you got, you know, six goals, nine assists for Chloe Kelly, it's 15. You got, you know, Ellen White, eight goals, four assists, that's 12. You know, to me, if you're able to assist and get goals in, the net, into the back of that net then you are a strong offensive player because you that makes you absolutely dangerous because there are strikers out there that just are just strikers they just poach and strike and, and they score a lot of goals and and obviously that's awesome you know you, you want someone like that but then you've got someone multifaceted now there's a statistic that is very very important in my opinion and that statistic is this. is It is basically a combination of, of in-open play, expected goals, per, plus expected assists per 90 minutes. Now, so there are – now, if you take players who have played in at least half of Manchester City's league matches, so you have Chloe Kelly, Georgia Stanway, Lauren Hemp, Ellen White, Caroline Weir, Lucy Bronze, Alex Greenwood, Steph Houghton, Kira Walsh, and, of course, you have the goaltender, Ellie Roebuck. Now, we're not going to count her. She's not an offensive player. All right, so in that statistic I just talked about, in open play, expected goals plus expected assist over 90 minutes, your top players, now, 0.5 or above – is top notch, top class. Manchester City has, let's see, did I count Alan White? Yeah, I should have counted him. If I didn't, I apologize. Manchester City has five players on their squad who have a a open play, expected goals plus expected assists per 90 minutes, a 0.5 or above, who have played more than half, of Manchester City's minute. You have Chloe Kelly at 0.68. You have Georgia Stanway at 0.66. Sam at 0.61. Lauren Hemp at 0.58. And Ellen White at 0.56. To me, those are your top offensive players because they generate goal opportunities. They generate assist uh, opportunities over and over again, over and over again. Uh, raw numbers wise, of course, you got Ellen, I, I say Ellen White and Chloe Kelly because they both got goals and they both got assists. So that's, that is absolutely strong. Now, so if we go to another category into clinical finishing as a goal scorer. Now, again, who do you think that might be? Like, who do you think the most clinical goal scorers on Manchester City is? Y'all, what do you think? If you guessed Caroline Weir, you'd be absolutely right. Caroline Weir has, has a, a goal conversion rate of plus 3.8. Okay, plus 3.8. What that means is, is that she has 3.8 goals over expected goals for the season with her six goals. All right, so she's at plus 3.8. Lauren Hemp is behind her at plus 2.9, and Ellen White's behind her at 2.1. Anything over two at this stage of the season is top notch, top notch. Now, can Manchester City do better at clinical finishing? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Chelsea does a better job at clinical finishing at times. They're getting better. Arsenal, over all the season, they've done a better job. However, unfortunately, their number is beginning to go down. But the question was, who are the best offensive players? So from a clinical finishing standpoint, as far as goal scoring is concerned, Caroline Weir is at the top, and then followed by Lauren Hemp and Ellen White. Now, there's another statistic I want to share with you as well, as far as offensive players are concerned. Key passes. Now, key passes is a pass that leads to a, a shot. As simple as that. Then, If you pass the ball to another player and that player takes a shot, that is a key pass. Now, your leaders in that category, by far, your leader in that category, Chloe, Chloe. we talk talked about Chloe over and over and over again. Chloe Kelly leads by far in key passes. So you think about it, though. You want to answer the question? You want me to answer a question? As I'm sitting here thinking out loud and ranting and raving about Chloe Kelly, let's look look at it for real, y'all. Let's look at this for real. Chloe Kelly, number one on the team in expected goals plus expected assists per 90 minutes. She's got six goals. She leads the team with nine assists. Okay, let's start with that. Clinical finishing, Chloe Kelly. Let's see where she at with, with clinical finishing. Okay. All right, and let's see where is she at. Sorry, y'all. Okay, so she's at negative point oh four. Okay, not 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 bad, but by far leads the team in key passes. If we go to another another statistic called shot creating actions, how many does she have? Chloe Kelly has sixty six shot creating actions. Sixty six. The next person down on the squad is forty six. So by far best offensive player on the team right now from a statistical standpoint from an advanced standpoint is going to be your chloe kelly i mean it is going to be chloe kelly his best offensive player on the team uh and, and so forth all right next question and it's from david he's also from the uk he, i think he's from Salford. uh and so for david he his question is can manchester city win the fa wsl well see that's a loaded question that's a loaded question y'all why is it loaded question because it begins with word can of course manchester city can of course manchester city can win the fa wsl absolutely they can absolutely they can but the question is will they will manchester city win the WSL. Now, I know that the folks at 538.com do not give Manchester City uh, more than a 50-50 chance of winning the league. They give Chelsea more like a 60% chance or better uh, to win the league the last time I checked. Now, that can obviously change, um, but that presents the idea that Chelsea has been the better team overall this season in the WSL. Uh, Chelsea gave Manchester City its only loss this season in league play. They also beat Manchester City in the Community Shield. They also beat Manchester City in the Conti Cup in uh, you know, a quarterfinals. All of which were were, were tough games, and, and it was a classic. That quarterfinal Conti Cup was a classic. So. If it were me, if I were a betting person, which, you know, hey, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to plead the fifth on that, y'all. But if I were a, a, a betting person, I would not bet against Chelsea, to be honest. But here's the but. They're not that far off. There is only two points that separate City and Chelsea. Only two points. Only two points in most every statistical category as a team. Chelsea and Manchester City are not far apart on every offensive category. Now, what I will say, though, is this. Even in defensive categories, it's the same. So. Chelsea in advanced statistics is better than than Manchester City overall in most all offensive categories, but not by much. Manchester City is a little bit better than Chelsea in most defensive categories in advanced statistics. So they're very, very close from a statistics standpoint. Two points apart. There's no doubt or very little doubt in my mind that it's either going to be City or going to be Chelsea to win the trophy for the league. What it all comes down to, to be bluntly honest, is one is a match. Let's say everyone wins out. Let's say that City, their next matches, they got coming up in the league, are Bristol City, Reading, Tottenham. Then they got Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea matches April 25th and that match is at the Academy Stadium. Now, that's going to be important. Then they follow up with Birmingham City and West Ham. Now, I'll talk a little bit more about Bristol City uh, in my last question, but Bristol City uh, is near the bottom of the table. They're in a relegation battle. Reading. Now, Reading is going to be the toughest team outside of Chelsea that City's going to go against. Now, Reading is one of those teams that I really would not want to go against. They're like Everton. I think they're like Everton. They're very resolute. They're very experienced. They're very solid on defense. And they're going to put up a brick wall and they're going to be really organized. And so as a team, they're very, very tough to break down. Now, you think Everton was tough to break down. Reading is going to be tough to break down on their day too. However, the thing of it is, is... Bristol City got three three goals on them. Go figure. That's that's how this league is getting better. When you, you I don't think anyone thought Bristol City was going to knock off Reading, but they did. They got three goals off of them. They got three goals off of Reading. Manchester United couldn't get a goal off of Reading. You know, in that in the their last match. So it's going to be a tough match though against Reading. Um, Tottenham isn't going to be in a relegation battle. Uh, Birmingham City might be in a relegation battle, but they might be all right. West Ham is in a relegation battle. So they're facing one relegation side in Bristol City, one relegation side in Tottenham, one relegation side in West Ham, at least. So on that sense, they got they got games that they should, on paper, win. Reading might be difficult. That might be a banana peel kind of match, right? Uh, then they got Chelsea. Let's say they beat Chelsea. They win all. Or they win out and they beat Chelsea. Title's theirs. It's, it can be done. It, it, it can be done. Uh, now, as we get closer to that Chelsea match, I'm, I'm th- trying to think in my head, if there's a draw, depending on how the matches go out between uh, City and Chelsea may not be enough. Uh, you, you know, it, it, they need a win. Uh, a, a draw is not going to do it. So they need three points against Chelsea, but they're playing at the Academy Stadium, and I think defenses win, uh, potentially. Uh, so a draw, unfortunately, though, we all a draw is not going to be enough for City against Chelsea. Now, Chelsea's lineup, who they got to face in their last, um, in the last matches, I wonder if there's any possible slip-ups, y'all. Um, next match is this week against Everton. Now, Everton... They're a tough squad. Now, Chelsea just came off winning the Conte Cup uh, fairly easily. Uh, and, you know, they, they're, they're trying to get through. Everton, a very solid side, very strong side, also very resolute uh, and can give people a tough time. Um, so that could be a tough match coming up this week off the high of winning the Conti Cup. Um, that could be difficult. Then in the league, they have Aston Villa, possible relegation side. Birmingham. Then they got City. Tottenham might be fighting relegation. But here's the interesting thing. Last match of the season, who they got? Reading. That could be banana skill too. I think Chelsea's road to the end of the season in the league is tougher than City's. So I think there's a chance there. There's a chance for a draw, possible slipper. Chelsea win all their matches. It's over. They win. They lose to City. And if City wins all their matches, then it's City's. A lot could still happen. You also have to take into account the fact that you have the Champions League. City is expected. Um, City's expected to, to do well. I don't know if they can beat Barcelona. Barcelona is going to be incredibly difficult. If they get past Barcelona, then the next thing, next round, they got to deal with a potential either PSG or Leon in the semifinals. My point is, and Chelsea's got Champions League as well coming up. They got Wolfsburg home and away in the next few weeks. So they got Champions League. So there's fixture congestion. The issue is, though, as we just spoke of, both Chelsea and Manchester City have very, very deep squads, very deep. The deepest squads in the league by far. They are built to go far in European competitions. They got the talent. Both of them do. Um, so you have that fixture congestion. Will there be injuries? Now, Chelsea had a significant injury uh, over the weekend uh, in that Bristol City match. Um you know, the You know, has a leg injury, knee injury, puts her out for the season. Um, And she is one of those players um, who uh, is a leader, a leader in the dressing room, a leader on the pitch, a leader in the training ground and so forth. So um, that has that will affect that team when you lose possibly the second coach, the coach on the pitch, the coach on the training ground from the lineup, that's going to hurt. It's really gonna hurt uh, uh, potentially for chelsea that, that that's my worry about them um, so can city win the league yes, will they win the league uh, I mean maybe five fifty eight's got it right y'all at sixty forty but there there's some there's some potholes that Chelsea could slip up on uh, so do I think that the city's gonna do it I, I would say no but uh, it, it's really 55 45, uh, against them. So it's, it's, a really possibility. Second, second to last question from Terry from London. So Terry asked about the champions league. Keith, do you think that city will get past Barcelona? I'm going to be honest with you. I have not watched Barcelona play. Um, I think they're the, from what I understand, they're the best team in La Liga, in uh, Spain, the best team in La Liga uh, and so forth, but I have not watched them play. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm going to watch them play uh, before um, uh, or before next week. Uh, and um, and uh, I'll give you my opinion, um, but I, I have not seen them play. I've not seen Barcelona play. Um, uh, I know they're very, very, very good. I saw them play last year in the Champions League, uh, and they were strong. Uh, they were a semifinal team, if I'm correct. Uh, and, um, the, you know, and last time I checked Barcelona, hadn't even lost a match in, in La Liga. Um, so yeah. Um, but I really don't know. Um, I think Manchester City can beat anybody. I think they can beat anybody. Will they beat Barcelona over two legs? I don't know. I don't know how good Barcelona is. Uh, so I can't really answer that question. Uh, but I am so looking forward to that matchup. Um, you know, uh, from just a historical standpoint, a cultural standpoint, Barcelona has their DNA. That DNA has been passed over to Manchester City uh, through Pep Guardiola. Uh, Pep Guardiola's hand. Uh, handprint from a tactical standpoint on every Manchester City squad, including the women's squad. So they essentially kind of try to do kind of the same things. The Barcelona DNA on the women's side, which is clearly there from what I saw last in the last Champions League. If that's still present, which I can't, I can't believe it wouldn't. Um, this it, it stylistically, it's beautiful football to watch. It's going to be beautiful uh and, and both teams trying to do essentially the same thing um so it's going to be it's going to be awesome last question comes from janet from Middlesbrough, and her question is 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 about bristol city it's about how do you um uh, how do i keith how do you see the matchup between bristol city and manchester city uh coming up Um, now if I'm correct now, you know, I I mean, y'all laughed at me last week when I got all my dates all wrong, uh, and so forth. So, um, let me just make sure I got, uh, got it right when this match is going to take place. All right. It's Wednesday. Okay. So let me just say this, y'all, let me just say this about Bristol city. I had the, 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 uh, the fortunate, um, opportunity, To have DM, who is on the Vixen cast for Bristol City, uh, on this channel uh, to talk about the Conti Cup final. DM did a brilliant job in talking about the team that she supports uh, and told me a lot. And I watched Bristol City uh, with a different viewpoint. Now, Bristol City, as y'all probably well know, if you follow the, uh, the WSL, has been a bottom feeding, a bottom feeder team. Uh, and and I don't mean any disrespect to Bristol City at all, but they've at the bottom of the table um, all the way up until that until this past weekend, uh, or the, actually the, the week before, uh, all the way up to one week ago today when they knocked off Reading, as I spoke of earlier. They had a coaching change; Matt Beard is now taken over. One of the things that I was told uh, that, you know, um, from DM was that Matt Beard, you know, looked at the, the fitness of the team, looked at the team tactically, looked at the personnel. I mean, really started looking at rejuvenating that that group to try to get out of that relegation uh, relegation situation that they are in. Um, City destroyed Manchester uh, Bristol City uh, in the first matchup, um, you know, early this year. This is a and, and, and what. What DM explained and what I saw in the Conti Cup was a different Bristol City team. What I saw looking back when, that, when Bristol City matched up against Reading, when I look back at that match, this is a different Bristol City team. This is a team that's more resolute. They are more confident. I know they got, they got blistered. They got blistered by probably the best team in England. They got blistered by Chelsea. When you got Sam Kerr now clin- clinically finishing at the rate that she clinically finished that match where she hadn't done as well with that before, they were uh, Chelsea was unstoppable. I said in the, the podcast yesterday, I want you to go check that out when I talked about Chelsea with Rob. I said that that basically said that you put the best starting 11 of the rest of the league against Chelsea in that game. Chelsea would have won that game. That's how good Chelsea was. Bristol City was brave. They were courageous. They stuck to their guns. They played their game. They just got beaten by a better team. They just did. They're more fit. They're more resolute. They are a better team. They're going to, I, I marked this down. Bristol City is going to not be relegated. They are going to not be relegated this year. Do not sleep on Bristol. Don't sleep on them. Uh, I, I see energy, youth, a, a burgeoning confidence that's building. They have one of the best goal scorers in the league, in Ebony Salmon. A young team, and they're going to they're going to put forth a much stronger effort. Tactically, they're better. They're more resolute on defense. Um, and they could nick a goal. I mean, I'm serious. They could nick a goal against City. Um, I, you're not going to have, I, I, I mean, I'm going to put it down. You're not going to have, City's not going to have the same match against Bristol on Wednesday as they had earlier in the season. It is not going to be the same team. It's not going to be the same team. It's going to be more difficult. Now, City could still win 4-0. But, I, but they, Bristol is going to show up for that match. Now, of course, do I expect City to show up in that match? Yes. I absolutely do. Um, I absolutely do. Players to watch out for um, on you know the Bristol City squad um, are people like Charlie Wellings, uh, people like Yana Daniels, you know, uh, Gemma Evans on defense, and Sophie Bagley's one of the better goaltenders uh, in the league. Uh, her stats don't show it, but she's one of the better goaltenders in the league. Um, and um, it, it's just a strong, it, it's just a stronger Bristol City team. Now, uh, I expect uh, City to be patient. I expect City to possess the ball relentlessly. I expect them to pass the ball relentlessly. And I expect City, uh, Manchester City to try to mentally break Bristol City down. And what I mean by that is it is very mentally tiring to defend against a Manchester City squad if you are younger and and not as experienced facing a team like Manchester City. They are mentally draining to defend. That is one of the reasons why Manchester City, and that style of play, is so successful over the course of the match. Now, you've not, have you noticed, though, City fans, have you noticed that your squad may not get all the goals early but get goals later? And that's the reason is you tire out the defense. You tire out the opposing team's defense. You tire them out because they get tired of watching the ball. They get tired of chasing the passing and moving and moving and moving. It is more tiring to play on defense than it is on offense. And so with a younger team that is going to not be as patient on defense, younger teams are not as patient defensively. They are not as organized. They get step out of place. You know, they step out of position. They're not, you know, more often particularly against a possession-based team like Manchester City, that is going to be the weakness of Bristol City, and it's going to create opportunities that City generally makes against squads like this, and eventually it's going to lead to uh, you know, uh, scoring opportunities. I expect Manchester City's XG against Bristol City to be 3.3, 3.4. Um, it's going to be pretty high. I mean, Bristol City is going to provide a tougher challenge. They're going to be stronger and re- more resolute. Um, but, but it's going to the offensive City is just going to burn out Bristol. It's going to burn out the Vixens, um, you know, uh, pretty relentlessly. Well um, I think Bristol. I, I'm going to mark it down. I'm to, I think Bristol is going to score a goal. Um, I think they're, they'll they'll nick a goal. Um, I think. Manchester City is vulnerable in the back line. Um, I think sometimes it will make some, some errors in the back. Uh, there are, there is open spaces for counterattacks. Uh, and I think Bristol, uh, the, the great thing about being a really youthful team and with a lot of energy and a lot more confidence uh, is that, Hey, you Hey, we can play against anybody. Um, I, I think that they got to shake off what happened on Sunday. Um, but, you know, they, they have, you know, they have the ability to make a game of it. I predict City, will, Manchester City will win. Um, I, I predict that they will win at least 3-0. But it's going to be tougher. Uh, it's going to be a tougher match. I give Bristol City, the Vixens, a lot of credit, a really lot of credit um, for, you know, really uh, putting uh, putting on a good run of form. I do expect them to uh, get out of relegation so that is it for ask me anything on your Manchester City special feature your weekly, weekly feature I don't think there's any weekly features uh, weekly feature on Manchester City today uh, England is burning needs to close out for today earlier today we had Mark from the Barmy Army talk about Manchester United uh, talk about news out of there uh, tomorrow I will be solo again uh, talk about Arsenal uh you talk about arsenal and, and what's going on with them uh, maybe that'll be ask me anything about arsenal um we'll see how that goes um we'll see we'll see what happens uh they got a big game coming up against united um so but england is burning needs to close out for today th- today march 15th odds ah, of march march 3rd 15th we close out the light Remember the light's out there, y'all. Remember, you got to acknowledge the light is there. Let it support you. Let it give you hope. Let it hug you. I know. And let's acknowledge the darkness is out there too. We've seen it. But do not let the darkness ever hug you under any circumstances. But if it does, get help for yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of you. Take care of people around you. And England is Burning is out for today. We'll see you next time.